you gotta understand something here. This music is the glue of the world. It holds it all together. Without this, life would be meaningless. What are you getting so crazy about? It's just music. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. Today on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I talk to up-and-coming female rapper Kid Sister about her new album, Ultraviolet. Plus, we'll review the new albums from Vampire Weekend and Alicia Keys. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time to welcome our newest affiliate. Yes, Greg, whenever a new station adds us to their roster, we like to welcome it by playing some great music from their neck of the woods. And with WDET in Detroit, the choices are myriad. Where do we even begin? We were pulling our hair out. I mean, of course you have Motown, right? And then you have all those great bands in the 60s that laid the groundwork of punk rock, starting with the Stooges and MC5. You know, you have techno being born there in the 80s. You have Cream Magazine thrived and gave the whole punk aesthetic its ideal in the 70s and the 80s. You know, the White Stripes. Stripes are, are carrying that torch today. The choices for Detroit music are absurd. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think uh, you start from the beginning with, with Detroit in terms of that uh, Motown sound. And uh, let's go back to the very first song that put Motown on the map uh, in terms of being a music city in the modern era. Barrett Strong's version of Money, That's What I Want, uh, originally written by Barry Gordy as he was starting this little studio, this little record label in Detroit. Barrett Strong took that song, put it on the charts in, in 59, and a historic label was born. Here it is, Money from Barrett Strong on Sound Opinions.
That's Barrett Strong with Money. That's what I want from Detroit's great Motown label as our way of welcoming WDET to Sound Opinions. Love and happiness Wait a minute, something's going wrong Someone's on the phone Three o'clock in the morning Talking about How she can make it right Yeah Happiness is when You really feel good about somebody There's nothing wrong Someone, yeah. Oh, baby, love that happened. From Detroit to Memphis, Mr. Cott, that of course is the great Al Green, the inimitable voice. One of the hits he had in the 70s, Love and Happiness, produced by Willie Mitchell, who just died early in the new year. Willie Mitchell, uh, a great producer, Jim, one of the unsung heroes of popular music in the last half century, a great band leader in his own right, really came to fame as the architect of that Memphis sound out of the high record studio in Memphis, uh, both the studio and the label. Al Green was the uh, linchpin artist of that label, the most famous name. If people think about that era, they think about Al Green. Well, the man who was arranging all those records, who, who was producing them, who gave Al Green his, his start, discovered him, evolved that sound around him, was Willie Mitchell. The way the horns were voiced, the drum sound that he got out of that rhythm section, the high rhythm section was built around three brothers, the Hodges brothers, Teeny, Leroy, and Charles. Charles on that gospel organ, which is another key part of that sound. Uh, you had Mitchell Stepson on keyboards as well, Archie Turner, and the drummer was Howard Grimes. He was the uh, equivalent of Stax Records' Al Jackson, the other great Memphis drummer from that era. So between those five guys and Mitchell's uh, production, you had a great platform for these really top-notch singers, people like Syl Johnson and Otis Clay and Al Green, of course. But I think one of the greatest artists that Willie Mitchell produced, and uh, perhaps one of the most underrated, was Ann Peebles. She made a series of great records in, in the early 70s, and the peak of it was this particular album and this particular song, I Can't Stand the Rain, as produced by Willie Mitchell and as sung by Ann Peebles on Sound Opinions. I can't stand the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when the pain
Ann Peebles, I Can't Stand the Rain on Sound Opinions, a classic track produced by Willie Mitchell, dead at the age of 81. Sound Opinions, and that is a track called Control from the debut album by an exciting new artist, uh, Kid Sister. The album is called Ultraviolet. Kid Sister, a.k.a. Melissa Young, born in the Chicago suburbs in uh, 1980, has just gotten around to recording her debut album, sort of came in through the back door. She had a film career going before she got into hip-hop and R&B. Younger brother, Josh Young, had made some noise in Chicago and and then nationally with his uh, DJ duo, Flusterdamas. And Kid Sister started emceeing some of her kid brother's shows in Chicago and elsewhere and, and got into uh, hip-hop in a big way, really found that she could do this, kind of got back to her roots in a way because she'd been starring in musicals in high school and got away from that. It was steeped in this stuff from, from the beginning because she'd always been going out to dance clubs and naturally found this hybrid between rap music and electronic dance music that has really come to fruition in the last couple of years. In fact, I think Ultraviolet is one of those albums that really defines what this new genre of music is. I think Kid Sister, one of the most exciting new artists on the scene for that reason. Absolutely, Greg. We were thrilled to have Melissa Young come by the Jim and K Maybe studio for a conversation and to do some live raps over her recorded tracks. You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and we're here in the studio with Melissa Young. Melissa can barely contain herself, <laughs> yeah. uh, otherwise known as Kid Sister. Hey. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great been, to be here. We have a, a debut album out, Ultraviolet. But let's talk a little bit about the process of getting here. Film college at <laughs> Columbia College. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have this other career in TV and movies and directing, possibly acting. Uh-huh. Um, how did we get from there to, to music? Well, from there to music, well, what else could I do? I couldn't get a job in the film industry in Chicago, so I quit doing that, and then I worked at Bath & Body Works and also a children's clothing store in Roscoe Village. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where I was working three jobs, and I was on public aid, and where else can you really go but <laughs> but mm. up from there, you know? I was, driving mm-hmm. my, I was sorry, driving is the wrong word. I was riding my little rickety Schwinn bicycle all over town 
And it was just a little bit of a bummer. And I was like, man, what can I do? So I just started doing uh, writing little songs and jumping up on couches and different uh, venues that my brother, who is a part of Flostradamus, Josh. He'd be having, exactly, Josh, mm-hmm. J2K. He'd be having these um, little parties. And of course, it was a built-in audience. So I'd just jump up on the couch and, <laughs> and work it. <laughs> it's, it's a great story. You were trying to make the film thing happen, and you're working retail <laughs> all over the place. You're working hard. Before we get into the specifics of how you broke in the music world, I have to say there's this... One thing that's really in common with all of the great rappers that Chicago has turned out, Uh-oh. nobody's been afraid to admit that they like work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? In fact, you know, you you've made it a really funny part of of your of your interviews, of your of your music. You know, yeah. talking about all these experiences of dealing with people. I think it comes from going to other cities, and you go to like say L.A. or Vegas and something. Everybody's there to cater to you, and it's so weird and it comes off so cheesy sometimes and so sometimes you just really want to go in the opposite direction and be like hey it's cool everyone's just do your own thing (laughs) you know what I mean well and everybody's in the industry I know instead of having had like real experiences I know so it's a little weird so you know it's not only is it just the way I was raised you know very midwestern but it's like it gives me all the more reason to be proud of that you know, when I see this, it's very stark contrast. When you go to the coast and you are in this kind of glitz and glamour uh, entertainment world, it's so weird. <laughs> but, you know, did you see examples around you of, of were there role models for you as you started to transition into music and the kind of music that you wanted to do? Because, you know, as Jim was alluding to, especially in hip hop, it, it's kind of like gangbanger, drug dealer past that, you know, you had to be I hard, it's had to be changing tough, now, though. So you know? it's like I don't really look at that. Yeah, I never fell victim to feeling like I had to do X, Y, or Z. I just came out as myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, it's important, too, I think, to note that, you know, you, you, you've got these kind of MC skills that you've been working on, but also you come from a background like you were in high school musicals, right? Oh, yeah. So you yeah. were singing. Yeah, I mean, at our school, yeah, I guess it was a little nerdy to be in musical theater, but not really. Like, everybody was just kind of into it because it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was an easy credit, and... And it was fun. And you got to meet a lot of people and you just, you know what I mean? It was like very flirtatious and everyone wanted to do it. So I'm glad that I, I got into that because it made me really comfortable doing what I do today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a little nerdy, but I'm a little nerdy. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Not afraid to be herself. Kid sister, Melissa Young. You're going to give yeah. us a tune, right? Oh, I, I'm going to do the new single. It's called Right Hand High. And I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, <laughs> get your hands up, guys, because it's time to go. <laughs> It's the lead track on Ultraviolet. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's about to smack you in the face, so get up. Hi, I'm Kisses the Rhyme, stacking money, juke it all night. Got to fill it right, better get your right hand high. I'm Kisses the Rhyme, stacking money, juke it all night. Got to fill it right, better get your right hand Got my hand up, I got it high. I got my jean, I got that hand, I'ma check out night. You, you rockin' for wine, the booty code. Okay, do the little bootleg, make it up and hit the flow. You gon' be stolen now if you don't get with the quo. one better let bygones on if you gon' get on the plane now. On, I think y'all ready to get back. I think y'all ready to get high. I think y'all ready to ride. Better get that hand up. Better get your right hand high. I'll kiss the 
look good, but your girl about to snip. Did I said about to bounce and break your back? Hey boy, you got a problem? Holler at Doctor Phil. I put a little hurting on you, and I do it in some heels. Over and over, I'm rocking, pull up to the club, something popping, got a little land going round the block. Ain't no stopping that 'cause I am so bad about it. Ain't gon' lie, I gotta gotta it on that set. All looking, looking now, gotta get that hand up. I am consistent, I'm stacking money. Everybody from the best side, I'm repping the Midwest right. Gotta get that hair fly, you know I keep these nails nice. If you hear me, holla, I. I am consistent, I'm stacking money, juke it all night. Got you feeling right, better get your right hand high. I'm consistent, I'm stacking money, juke it all night. Got you feeling right, better get your right hand high. Thank you. That was Right Hand High by Kid Sister live on Sound Opinions. You can listen to that song again or watch videos of Kid Sister's performance on soundopinions.org. Coming up next on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, we'll have more with Melissa Young, Kid Sister, and later on Greg and I will review the new albums from Vampire Weekend and Alicia Keys. So I drop onto this island, I'm grinding, I'm whining, I hide inside my eyelids and step in the sun. When the first thing I saw was this guy who was fine, let him juke it from behind and let him pop in the front. He got that, I'll be your walking man, call me, meet me down by the yard. You got them thick thighs, let me give it to you, baby girl, let me break you off. I go in and I ain't catch ya, don't know what you ask.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. The song you just heard was Pronails by this week's guest, Melissa Young, a.k.a. Kid Sister. On her new album, Ultraviolet, that track features a guest appearance by fellow Chicago rapper Kanye West. But it garnered a lot of buzz for the first time on the net. So I wanted to ask Melissa how Kanye came to contribute. Fall of 2007, everybody really hears you for the first time on Pro Nails. Yeah. Um, correct me if I if I have. Well, you tell the story. It's a track that you recorded, right? And, mm-hmm. and a track, your boyfriend Elaine Malkovich uh, happens to be a DJ working with this guy. Yeah, Alain Maklovich at the time, and now, yes, I'm single, y'all, so what up? But anyways, <laughs> yes, at the time, we were dating, and he was uh, also DJing for Kanye, mm-hmm. and so, as we know, the, the EMAs had just wrapped, and he had rushed the stage on another occasion. <laughs> with, One of the with, first at okay, that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But um, when Justice won the video over the year, and so he rushed the stage and was like, you know what I mean? I did touch the sky. What the hell? <laughs> and so Alain had to sit him down and be like, all right, dude, there's a whole new movement in music happening right now. And let me play you a couple songs from these new artists. And I was among those artists. And I guess and I never knew this until way later. But he was like, I'm going to get on that song. I like that pronoun song, whatever, you know, I'm going to get on that. So Alain never told me anything because, of course, he didn't want to get my my uh, hopes up and mm-hmm. then, cr- you know, let them crash to the, you know, to a fiery death. But, yeah, you know, so he got on it without me knowing. And the next thing, you know, I knew I was getting a phone call uh, with Alain on the other line playing the song with Kanye's verse. It's an extraordinary track. You know, on the one hand, it's about being sexy and, and getting ready to go out and party and, and show sexy. your stuff. Let's not get crazy. You know, okay. toenails <laughs> painted, fingernails matching. Yeah, check it out. Haters make a wish. On the other <laughs> hand, I mean, there, there's this statement of female power. The point of the song is, yes, it's a party song, but it is all of my som- songs are are pretty, like, female power anthemic kind of songs. So, yeah. yeah You're don't being mess sexy with me. without being a sex object. I'm being sexy without being a tramp. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I can be sexy, but don't mess with me because I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you. And that's probably a truer reflection of where a lot of young women are coming from as opposed to this kind of weird trip, I think, that you you see on a lot of videos these yeah. days, you know, where it, where it is kind of this Fake fantasy boobs. trip. All we want is that. I mean, it seems like, yeah, all you see is like weird precision shaved eyebrows on guys and shaved chests and like these like super overly brown orange tan girls and they're all like whatever (sighs) i'm gonna get a hard rock half i mean you just hear people talk about the worst things in media and acting in the worst ways and i'm here to combat that so get out the way well and this music is coming out uh you don't really have a record deal at this point uh the record is sort of circulate uh coming out on myspace people are trading files you're you're building an audience that way too, do. right? I mean, people are coming out to see the shows based on viral information that they're yeah, getting. Yeah, like right? three or four songs at the time. You know, we had Control, Damn Girl, Pro Nails, and then a couple just little songs, like little edits and um, kind of mixtape jump offs that we had, that mm-hmm. I had jumped on for fun. And it was really all for fun, and it still is all for fun. But you know, in those days, there was no clear like oh, I'm working toward an album and this is yeah. my deadline and all that. That wasn't even a part of my reality. So. Well, then you get signed by Downtown Records in about March of 2008, right? Yeah. And then we wait 
And we wait, and we wait, and there's a well, version. Well, no, I finished the album, and it sucked, so I had to go back and work on it. Well, that's where I'm going. So so, so that first version of, of what would become Ultraviolet had several names in between. It was a lot different. There were skits. There, It was more, yeah. it felt a little padded. Padded, I guess. In some ways. I don't know if I would say padded, but I would definitely say not, it wasn't focused. It was just kind of all over the place. Okay, so how did you hone it down into what we now have in front of us as ultraviolet? Well, this is the way we look at it. What we do is not that different from, say, a Black Eyed Peas. Or we're say, I don't know, like I said, Lil Jon is making a techno album. You know, there's a whole movement in music right now that's happening where electronic music is fusing with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And... If you look at like just how it all evolved, I was at the forefront and at the, at the beginning of that movement. So what we really had to think about and focus on when uh, changing the album is if I'm the person that was at the beginning in the forefront of this movement, then we really have to create a genre-defining piece of work, a genre-defining album mm-hmm. that gives people something to grasp and say, oh, okay, this is what that is. Mm-hmm. So, end of story. Mm-hmm. A woman with a vision. Good sister. You had this idea. A woman with a yeah, a vision and, and a lot of other crazy stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do another track for us? And sure. tell us, tell us Tell us what it is and tell us where it came from. All right, well, next I'm going to do Pro Nails, which is, of course, the song that, you know, really started it all. And, yes, the toes are done up because I got my shoes off in the studio today. Are you ready? Maybe I should say what I say at the beginning of each show, and I'm telling you, at home, right now. <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to say is, winter, spring, summer, <laughs> fall, <laughs> you better get yourself down to the mile. And get your mother flipping nails on. Say, oh, I got my toes done up with my fingernails match. You got a toes done up with a fingernails match. I got a toes done up with a fingernails match. Toes, toes done up with a fingernails match. You got a toes done up with a fingernails match. You got a toes done up with a fingernails match. Now when you pop in, take a break, break in the audience. Do your footwork, break your side again. I'm looking sharp, you can't compete with the champ. I'm steady flicking, I'm holding down the leg, you wait, wait. Hey, run stones out in they face. Gold charms and paper chase. Talk snack, I'm around the way. Gotta put these chicken heads in they place. I ain't rocking no stupid bait. Ain't tripping, I just got that. I ain't slip because either way, when I hit the block, all the people say. Get up on it. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my toes done up with a fingernails match. I got my to
Pro Nails by Kid Sister. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real pleasure having you here, Melissa Thanks, Young. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Very Thanks exciting for me. time for you with this ultraviolet yeah. launch, finally. Yeah. I'm Did, amped. I'm on 11. How about two? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, are, you. you are moving more in uh, in one session here at the Jim and K Maybe studio than I think every other guest we've ever <laughs> yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. There's more energy in this room right now. Oh, that's what everyone Dancing says. around. You know why? It's because life is an aerobics class for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's great. Life is an aerobics class. I, I like that. At the gym. We, we, were, we were talking about that long wait. Do you feel, after getting so much attention for Pro Nails in the fall of 07, that were you worried ever uh, while perfecting no, this album? You know, this is that, just fun. <laughs> I'm like, no, why no, would I be worried? I don't even have a job. This is great. Well, <laughs> you know, in, in the new pop age that we live in, I mean, people have like a three-second attention span. The music speaks louder than anything. Mm. And my main goal was to come out with an album that that just made me proud and then really, you know, made my team and the people around me proud as well. It's a reflection of all of us. So, and we always say music speaks louder than anything. If at the end of the day you have a strong album, then you're fine. So I wasn't ever really worried. Well, that's a word you've used about 10 times, album. Why was it important to have a beginning, middle, and 12-song journey for you? Why were you thinking in terms of an album? I think what one of the other goals for us when doing Ultraviolet was one of the other goals was to make sure it was really cohesive and it gelled really well because we wanted people to listen to it as an album you know it's like I don't know <laughs> like we just wanted it to be one body one piece of work that we could just really be proud of so your ideal listener is at home and starting with right hand high and I ending guess. with control I don't know you know taking on, you're, they're taking that journey that you programmed probably on. not at home probably at the gym okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I can't really wherever tell you they where. are I'm like maybe in the car, I mean road trip. I don't know, but they're, but they're uh, not skipping between. They're 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 going on a well, journey. We don't want to give you a reason to skip. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But it is an upbeat record, kind of an up tempo record. There's uh, maybe yeah. uh, there's a track <laughs> in the middle, daydreaming uh, that, with CeeLo on it. Yeah, I'm gonna that, do that one that next. Is, that is really cool. Thanks. But it's sort of like that mid album break. But everything's pretty up. And um, even that's pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still up tempo. Well, yeah, we decided to make the album completely up-tempo rather than mid-tempo or, you know, switching around because, I mean, it's just, that's the movement, you know what I'm saying? That is this electronic and hip-hop kind of hybrid. Now, CeeLo Green's a superstar. You know, Norris Barkley is, is huge. How do you get him to guest on your record? I don't know. I guess he just wanted to. One of the guys from the label was like, oh, by the way, uh, someone wants to talk to you. And it was, I'm, I don't know what it is. People call me up. Check this out. Kanye's on my song. Check this out. It's CeeLo. I'm like, what are you? I'm in the bathroom. 
So yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, it's been a daydream. It's been just kind of a whirlwind, just things falling into my lap. So. Um, and yeah. what do you say, you know, Kanye, you know, Kanye or CeeLo say we'd like to uh, take part on this track. You know, I mean, you don't say no. Of course yeah, not. We'll yeah. give you a tryout, kid. Yeah, we'll maybe. Try out. Yeah, yeah, it's a little crazy. So, yeah, of course, you know, but it's just an honor. It's crazy. Did you pick all your collaborators? I mean, the, the beats yeah. and uh, the producers of those beats, was it was it your choice? to You 100%. know, I wanted something from you. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a million other people. 100%. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you could have rang up Timbaland or somebody like that and said... I mean, I work with Pharrell. It just <laughs> yeah. didn't work out. I mean, I'm like... Really? Yeah. The song was really slow, and mm-hmm. but it just didn't work out for the album. It was, it was in the dream date days, mm-hmm. not the ultraviolet days. That's conviction to a vision when you're turning down a track, you know, crafted by Pharrell of the Neptunes, one of yeah. the hottest producers in the world. And it's not quite working. I'm not going to go with it just because of the name. But I love you. Yeah, exactly <laughs> and i'll see you on the road very yeah. soon well before we get too far away from the CeeLo track you're going to do day daydreaming for us right? yeah it's the first time i've ever performed it cross your fingers <laughs> excellent I, I might suck <laughs> it won't i promise <laughs> you are You know, every time I think about you, baby, it's like a movie in my head that drives me crazy. I try to fight it, try to hide it, can't contain it. So amazing, like I'm daydreaming again. Like I'm daydreaming again. Like I'm daydreaming again. Like I'm daydreaming again. Like I'm daydreaming. You know the love I wanna give you so untouchable I wanna feel you, gotta feel you wanna touch your soul I wanna let you know the meaning of forever We'll be here until the time like of any ever Again Like I'm daydreaming again Like I'm daydreaming again Like I'm daydreaming again Like I'm daydreaming Dreaming in love too. As soon as I wake up, I'm a two. Think about one thing we can do. Maybe a weekend rendezvous. I'll make you. What around suckers like 22s? I'm on to you. Trying to act cool like Ronza do. Wanting you. Nookie transforming you. When it off to tell your crew that I'm the truth. Be about it, don't act new. So be about it, don't act new. Ah, ah, ah,
Daydreaming from Kid Sister on Sound Opinions. How uh, was it for you guys? I love that song. That oh, was great. Good. How was it for the people at home? Make some noise. Woo! Kid Sister, Melissa Young. That's me. Uh, <laughs> it has been an absolute uh, pleasure having Thank you here you. on Sound Opinions. Yeah, thanks for having me, you crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> see videos of Kid Sister's performance and to hear all of her live songs, visit soundopinions.org. And we want to invite you to get in on the conversation. Leave a message on our hotline, 888-859-1800, and we'll air it at the end of the show. We're going to be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media with reviews of new albums by Vampire Weekend and Alicia Keys. Back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. That's a track called Horchata from Vampire Weekend. Their second album, Contra, is just now out. Recall that this band was a big deal before its first album even came out. Self-titled debut in 2008. For about a year, that's all you could hear about in the blogs and the e-zines of the world. This new band, this quartet out of Brooklyn, New York, Vampire Weekend, huge buzz building about this band is a prelude to that release. In fact, Jim, I think this may be the first relatively major band of the 21st century that actually had a backlash before their first album even came out. People yeah, were already yeah. dissing the band after all this hype had built up. It was almost impossible for that record to live up to expectations because of all the hype that had been built up. And I think a lot of people sort of got ticked off about it, and you started to hear the dissenters coming out uh, before that record even came out. However, Vampire Weekend, the self-titled album, went on to sell nearly 500,000 copies, which is no mean feat in this era when uh, sales of recorded music are plunging, coming out on an independent label doing really well. 
The band went on tour and quickly expanded its following, went from a club act and started playing outdoor festivals. Now the follow-up album is out. It's called Contra, one of the most anticipated albums of the new year. We're going to review it in a second, but let's play a track from it. Diplomat's Son is the name of the song. Contra is the album. Vampire Weekend is the band, and they're on Sound Opinions. It's not right. Diplomat's Son by Vampire Weekend from their new album, Contra, on Sound Opinions. Atypical for the record, it's a bit of an experiment in reggae, dancehall, dub, but it is typical of of the grooves, which I think are a little more enervated this time. Greg, I hated Vampire Weekend's debut album with a depth of hatred rare, (laughs) even for me. And it wasn't because of the questions of a cultural appropriation, okay? Is it any less valid for privileged Columbia University grads to rip off Afropop than it was for Paul Simon or Peter Gabriel? No. Okay, let's stay away from that whole authenticity question. It wasn't for lack of hooks. The band has a lot of melody, and they finally started to win me over a bit when I saw them live at the Pitchfork Music Festival. You cannot deny Chris Thompson's drumming. He's usually a guitar player, became a drummer for this band, and he's a wonderful player. However, the whole shtick that they have of being polo shirt-wearing, cardigan-sporting yacht guys, you know, they're taking the weekend off, not going on the links this weekend. They're going boating instead up at Cape Cod. Um, they live this, and, and they're serious about it. I, I made the point in The New Yorker recently, great art can be made from the privileged preppy experience, okay? J.D. Salinger, right? Mm. John Irving, John Updike. But they were exposing the hollow facade, the lack of soul underneath the privileged waspy upper class of America. Vampire Weekend's just reveling in it. They're like a Benetton commercial. They do the same thing this time around on that song we heard, Horchata, which is a Spanish drink made from rice, hugely popular mm. in Mexico. This is the insight into our uh, polyglot global culture that they offer. They're talking about drinking horchata while wearing a balaclava, right? And that's as deep as it gets. Yeah. These guys have nothing to say, and they say it with a maximum amount of smarm, and I despise them on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale that we have. It. This is a double trash it. Well, you call it shtick and smarm, and I'm saying, why are you getting so upset about it? I'm hearing these guys being true to who they are. This is what they are. I give them credit for actually addressing that. 
they are not addressing it in any sort of a profound way. However, let's, let's just talk about the music here a little bit. They have expanded their sound on this record. I think the first record was a, uh, probably it was overstated, this whole idea of this Upper West Side Soweto, as some people were calling it. The African influences were there, but not to the degree that some people would lead you to believe. To, to me, I just heard a new wavish type band coming out of that Talking Heads, Feelies tradition of the late 70s, early 80s, very sparse, very upbeat, very enthusiastic, a lot of hooks, with not a whole lot to say. Okay, fine. You know, nice pop band. I don't understand why people were getting so upset about them, and I don't understand why people were overpraising them to the hills. This record, more ambitious. We've got some thumb pianos on here, some harmoniums, dancehall reggae, reggaeton, ska. There's some auto-tune vocals on here. They're experimenting with the background vocals. I applaud that. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. I think where this record falls down is that I see Vampire Weekend taking themselves a little more seriously, and I think that's a bad idea. This is not a serious band. This is kind of a very friendly, pleasant afternoon with a good pop band, nothing more, nothing less. I'd give this a burn at the same rating I gave to the first record. That is the single Doesn't Mean Anything by Alicia Keys from her new album, her fourth recording, The Element of Freedom, here on Sound Opinions. Greg, if you recall the introduction of this young singer and pianist to the pop marketplace early in the new century, it was done with all of the strategic subtlety of the way we invaded Iraq. (laughs) Clive Davis, her mentor, the head of her record company, J Records, still a force of the old school music industry, spent a quadrillion dollars making this woman a star, and it worked. Here she is. She's supposed to be the combination of Aretha Franklin old school R&B with some hip-hop street edge and the smarts of the neo-soul movement, artists like Erica Badu. Personally, I thought, although they sold millions of copies, that her first two albums, Songs in A Minor in 2001 and The Diary of Alicia Keys in 2003, they were just trying too hard. Mm. That changed. I I like her third album in 2007, As I Am, because she decided I'm just going to be a pop princess. So now what is she doing with this new fourth album, The Element of Freedom? Well, it starts with a very serious uh, 13-second introduction where she defines that title, telling us, and the day came when the risk it took to remain tightly closed in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to bloom. Okay, Miss Rose, Alicia Keys, we'll see how you bloomed on this album in a second. First, let's hear another song from it. This is Love Is My Disease by Alicia Keys from the Element of Freedom on Sound Opinions.
Love Is My Disease from Alicia Keys and her fourth album, The Element of Freedom. She is such a tease. I wish <laughs> she would do that more often. Uh, I love that song. I think Love Is My Disease is the best performance on the record, bar none, one of the best of her career. You know, the way her voice frays a little bit around the edges, it's like she's not holding anything back in that song. And I love to hear that. Unfortunately, I don't hear it often enough with her. As you said, Jim, she has... Uh, been flirting with the pop machinery for a decade, and it's served her well. She's sold over 30 million records, won 12 Grammy Awards, but I feel like her potential has never been fully explored. It's more about this promise of this old-school soul wrapped up in this new pop production, and we never quite get that old-school soul enough. You know, I don't hear enough of that. I think her previous albums were kind of gimmicky. I hear less of that on this record. It's a much more conservative record for me. She's more introspective on this record and more careful about the way she's approaching these songs. And while that gives this record more of a consistency than her past records, it also prevents her from breaking free and, and giving you a moment like Love Is My Disease. I would have loved to have heard variations of that breaking free four or five, six more times on this record to give it an unqualified buy it. But right now, I have to be in the Burnett camp on this record because, again, I feel like, you know, Alicia, you are an incredibly gifted singer, pianist, potentially songwriter, but I haven't heard you make a great record yet. I'm hoping that we're going to hear one in the next decade. She, she is not a great songwriter, Greg. To like Leisha Keys at all, you have to take that she is a horrible, horrible lyricist. Yes. You know, through yeah. the shake of an earthquake, I will never fall. That's how strong my love is. There is no cliche. She will not overturn. But there's two huge problems with this record. As I said, I, I kind of liked As I Am. It was the first Alicia Keys record I liked where dance pop was the big pop sound she was flirting with. On this new record, I don't understand it. The entire record is done in this lugubrious mid-tempo plod that is like a U2 arena stadium Mm. rock groove. The rest of the production, though, is pure Bon Jovi. This is done (laughs) as kind of like hair metal arena anthem where you just see all those people waving their lighters in the air. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. This is completely insane. The only song on, on the whole record that works for me is the reprieve of Empire State of Mind. originally did that as a duet with Jay-Z on his last album, The Blueprint 3. It was the best song on that album, and here she does it again just as vocal and acoustic piano, just really stripped down. It's a nice moment. If you if you got rid of everything else on this horrible record and started with that and said, okay, now, now do more like that, you might finally have had a great Alicia Keys album. But I, I'm not surly in, in the new year here. I just got to say this is another trash it record on our scale. That's two trash hits from me on Vampire Weekend and Alicia Keys and two burn hits from you on those records. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we have a bunch of new albums to review, including, get this, Lil Wayne with rock guitars on his new album. Oh, boy. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say. Kid's sister was recorded with all of her exuberance by Mary Gaffney. 
Our show was produced by the raunchy but resolute team of Robin Lynn and Jason Saldana. And our fearless leader, our executive producer, is Tori Southside Malatia, a man who has got his toenails done with his fingernails matching. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic, so give us a call on our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. He was a mind weaver, always on the phone, telling me all sorts of words of his own. Although his voice was sweet to me, I wondered... If we could ever be New Messages Hey guys, this is Greg Booth from Chicago, Illinois. I just got done listening to your Desert Jukebox podcast, and it took me a while to kind of think of my own, but I finally came up, um, Jane's Addiction's Three Days. Chicago, and I just listened to your end of the decade show, and I have to say that I disagree slightly that there was no major story for this decade. I think it was just uh, a little subtler and uh, harder to see than a big movement like, say, alternative rock or punk rock, and I think it was the diversification of pop music. At the beginning of the decade, we had, you know, these huge rock bands and these huge rap acts and these huge boy bands, and there were almost these three camps. And, you know, there were some initial efforts to combine the camps, which resulted in the disastrous movement New Metal and uh, Rap Rock, as it might have been called. But uh, ultimately, by the end of the decade, you've got such a crossover in the pop world. Lady Gaga, Kanye West, Radiohead, all these bands are, are, are being number one pop artists, and it's all sort of the same pool of listeners. It's not so much divide and conquer anymore. It's about um, appealing to a more eclectic, larger pop audience. And I think that really pop has become a bigger, more diverse thing, even from the rock explosion at the beginning of the decade. All of that was just sort of pop transforming itself and learning to accept these indie rock elements and continuing to carry them forward. Uh, like I said, again, Lady Gaga, um, she certainly, even though she's a through-and-through dance pop star, 
she has a lot of, you know, indie elements to her, a lot of avant-garde art. And I think that trend will see continue to uh, develop. Bye. guys uh this is ben from durham north carolina and christy and i my girlfriend just spent a little while dancing about our living room to your two mixtapes of the decade but at Thank the end you. of the yeah we're very grateful but we're both wondering how neither of you can put any radiohead at all at all we love the show No more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.